Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Football Manager Therapy. I'm your host, Rich Owens, and joining me this week for the first time in the longest time, we have got the full FM team. We have got the United City FM with us. We've got Jebaru with us, and we've also got Y Callum with us. Everybody's here. I couldn't be happier. This is really, really surreal. Um, for the audio listeners, there's a lot of waving going on. Just so much waving. So, so much waving. Uh, Kev, how are you, my friend? Well, it's a delightful day. We are all here. So how can I be anything other than absolutely ecstatic and happy and joyful in every way? So, yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. Really looking forward to the next hour or so. It's lovely to see all of you. Isn't it, though? Isn't it? Jeb, how about you, pal? It's uh, it's nice to have you back. Uh was here last week? No, it wasn't here last week. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good to be here. Good, great to be here. Uh, Liverpool still have Salah. Let's let's see how that works out by Tuesday. I mean, Saudi Arabia want to come in with five hundred million or whatever they want to go for it. But yeah, I am well. Yes, good. I couldn't. I couldn't tell whether it. he was saying I am very well, thank you, or I am well. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know. Well, it's it's something. It's something. There's there's a reason that his name in this call is uh is the Enigma because he just he just doesn't <laughs> give it away. He doesn't still, give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> he's never changed it, and he's never allowed to. Yeah. Uh, Callum, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward to a a, a four way podcast today. It's always a slightly different dynamic to it, so it should be really good fun. How are you, Rich? I'm I'm okay, thank you, mate. I'm very very well. It's been uh, it's been a busy old week. It's been a busy old week. I mentioned at the end of last week's pod that Mrs. O had uh, had a little operation uh, over the course of this week, so she's been on full bed rest until this morning when she decided that she wasn't, and she scares me. So I just said, okay, um, you do whatever you, you do whatever you need to do. So yeah, that that was fine. That was fine. It's a relationship based on fear, uh, and I find it's a powerful motivator. Uh, it keeps me on the straight and narrow. So God bless, God bless her all. Um, look, it's lovely to have everybody back. It's really really nice to have everyone back. You know, Callum's out the well. Jeb's come back from trying to find him. Um, definitely didn't get distracted by some wrestling last weekend. Definitely went to go try and find him, but he wasn't at the AEW. I didn't go show, try and so. find him. I didn't try and find him. No. He didn't try. Oh no, no he definitely no. told us that he did. No, no, he didn't. Definitely. Oh, I've no. got videos to prove evidence that he did. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, he brought a really large rope and he single-handedly got me out of the well. But we won't tell mm -hmm. everyone that. No, you know, to keep up the divide. This is this is not. Lies and slander. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lawyer you could have a lawyer actually yeah, Jeb might have a lawyer Jeb might have a lawyer yeah if there's one if there's one of the four of us with definite access to to you know legal support it's it's Jeb he's he's the man that will back that threat up in which case we're going to park that and it's like uh, yeah. not so it's fine I'll win oh fantastic <laughs> <laughs> and this Lionel Hutz, he was oh, what, what greatest television lawyer of all time. Apart from maybe the big chicken lawyer from Futurama, he was quite good. Mm, he good. was also quite good. There we go. And that's what the start of the podcast is going to be about this week. We're going to talk about our favourite fictional lawyers. Uh, no, no. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, we're quite on brand. Um, <laughs> so many of them. Just so many of them. Judge John Deed, there you go. Yeah. Um, lawyer Never Morty from, the, from that one episode of Rick and Morty. That was another <laughs> one. Um, what 
going on? <laughs> Not sure. We've derailed this slightly. We've we, it's, it's been derailed really, really early. Mike Judge, he created Beavs and Butthead, but he's real, so he doesn't count. Um Definitely not football. Judge Rinder. Sorry. Definitely We're not still Judge going. Rinder. We're still going. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry, Kev. So no, it's sorry. fine. I'm I'm just holding back. I was so desperate to join in, but I decided not to. It's fine. <laughs> so can we take the, the lawyer part of the podcast off the agenda? And yes, yeah. the Point lawyer two. part Can't of the agenda say Judge is Judy. We done. all know it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it was one of a couple of options, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You see, we've we've got we've got judges for days, judges for days. Um, we should should we get the train back on the tracks? Football, football manager, football, 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 uh, all the football. Uh, because it's been the world's busiest time for football. It's been arguably a lot of people's favourite time in the world of football. For some people, actually, not so much their favourite time. Quite a depressing time. Summer transfer window. It's uh, it's over now in uh, in England. We've had our transfer deadline day. Uh, a lot of teams have made some moves for some players over the summer, and especially on transfer deadline day. So I thought, what better opportunity than to sit back and we'd, we'll talk it through as a collective, as a group. Some teams we think have done quite well this transfer window. Some teams we think might not have done as well this transfer window um, because there's been a lot of movement all over the place. Um, Callum, we'll start with you, pal, because when we kind of mentioned this, there was a team that you wanted to talk about quite desperately. And I know that there's a signing that's been made in, in the last few days that probably would have made you quite happy. Mm -hmm. um, Ed Verton, is that the pronunciation? Um, no, I, I don't think it's Ed Verton, I think is, Ed the, Verton. is the correct okay, pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. Ed Verton FC. No, Everton are mm -hmm. my team, if, you, if you, you're not aware. Um, and it turns out, Supporting a team for 32 years of your life um, through complete mediocrity isn't great. Um, however, my word, I would love those days back because we are far from mediocrity at the moment. We might be one of the worst teams in the Premier League. And this is a really big transfer window, but our, our club is under a microscope at the moment, I think, with FFP. The, the FFP thing is such a tricky thing to read into because I've, I've heard that Wolves are having issues with it. Um, I've heard that we're having issues with it. Obviously, City. City makes a bit more sense because City spend everything, you know, but then equally they, they earn a lot back as well. How Chelsea are getting away with what they're getting away with and Everton and Wolves are under a microscope is beyond me. Um, I mean, the fact they keep signing everyone on seven and eight year deals just to get around it is literally it's it's uh, if to, to coin a phrase from Lelujo, putting everything on the never never is what he always says mm -hmm. with his with his um his long deals, and I think that is what Chelsea are doing. Um, Everton haven't got that sort of expertise, it would seem. We've had about four director of footballs in the last six years um, because they all don't know what they're doing and neither do the people above them. So it's great. It's just so good to be an Everton fan. If, you, if you're unsure about what club to choose and support, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm new to football, who should I support? Don't choose Everton. That would be my advice. It's not fun. But I agree. Done, yeah, we've done, we've, done a, <laughs> we've done a transfer window. We've done a transfer window. Um. I think most Evertonians would say it was all right. It was an all right transfer window. We brought in Beto um, late in the window. And I do think that is a signing that we've been waiting for for about three years. I think we've really, really... Dominic Calvert-Lewin is an excellent footballer. Um, and if anyone has ever played um, draft mode on Football Manager, you'll be aware that at 15 million, Calvert-Lewin is an absolute steal. 
on draft mode and he'll always get you goals. However, on draft mode, he doesn't tend to get injured for the entire season, every single season. In real life, that is the reality. And despite how good of a football he is and how much I love that man, um, he's never there. He's just never there. So you have to plan for a season without him. And, and Beto, from the small parts I've seen of him so far, he's a really exciting signing. Um, so, yeah, so really, really excited from that that point of view. Uh, we have had a lot of outs as well, though. Like, even on deadline day, we, we lost Alex Awobi to Fulham. We lost Neil Morpay, thank heavens. Um, we also sold one of our... Um, youth prospects in Tom Cannon to Leicester. So we have seen a lot of outs. And I think the the feeling at the moment in the squad is if we get like two injuries, we might be done. We might be done. Um, and, and that is quite a precarious situation for a club who are already not in a great situation. So all in all, yay. <laughs> yeah everything's fine everything is absolutely fine isn't it um you know I, I can i can relate as somebody who's also supporting an underperforming football club um it's gonna upset jeb me saying this but i hope i hope everything comes good I, I said when we did our premier league predictions a few weeks ago i said i think that a full season to sean dyche could see everton right um i think beto's a really exciting transfer i'm really happy that dan juma finally made it as well mm. Third time um, lucky. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just keep just keep rolling the dice until it, you know, just they're save and reload rolling and save and dice. reload and save and reload. Right. Roll the Oh, he's good. He's good, isn't he? We, we've got he's a situation as well at the club where, so basically now we signed a Wobie, everyone's like, okay, that's fine. As long as we replace him. And the hours kept ticking on on deadline day and ticking on and ticking on. And then they went and we didn't, we didn't replace him. And everyone's like, well, what are we going to do? And then everyone went, oh, do you remember Damari Gray? He's, he's still a thing. Where's Damari Gray? And everyone's like, brilliant. Damari Gray will be like a new signing because all season long, uh, all summer long, we've been saying he's going to go to uh, Saudi Arabia. And I, th I think we've been trying to push him out the door. I'll be honest with you. That's how it feels because he's not really a Sean Dyche kind of player. But everyone's like, oh, it would be like a new signing. This morning, he has posted a thing on his Instagram saying, Everton fans have always been great with me, but it's so difficult to play for someone who doesn't show you respect as a person. So that's good. So that's really good. So, so that's, that's another, another positive in the story of Everton. Yay! Oh, perfect. Wow. Well, that, you, what, what a time to be alive. How's that um, come as a, as a news item fan? in FM? That's, that's, that's like, how does that... <laughs> Yeah, more more of that kind of thing in FM twenty four players yeah. openly just slating you in the press. Well, it's not it's not slating oh. it's slating the fans. I mean, I've never actually that that I don't know because they have difficulty with it because they can't make uh, they have to make players like nice and fair and so the new gens can be as volatile and as horrible as you want. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a new trait that they put in where they just turn on their own fans, just like yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> the other way around, like last season where all the fans turned on Everton players like Yerry Mina and things, mm. like, all the stuff that happens. You don't want to see it, but. Those little features to be added into new FMs would be quite tasty, mm -hmm. I think, if you do. It's part, it's part of football yeah. now. Exactly. It's part of football, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah. For, yeah. You know, the players force your hand in, into the transfers. Like, no, I've I've gone on a big tirade on Twitter, and I've slated <laughs> the fans, I've slated the club, I've slated the chairman. Uh, bye bye. Um, or you just keep them and shut them in the under twenty threes forever because that'll teach them. Um, 
there we go. It's 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 the Tony Pulis way. It's the Tony <laughs> Pulis way. The Pulis dungeon. It's what happens if What's you're cheeky in the press, or if you have the audacity to play as a fullback. Nope, straight in there. You you don't belong in my system. Uh, Jeb, what about anybody? Anybody taken your eye? Anybody who's uh, you know I was having any a look. clubs that you've noticed? I was having a look around Germany. Uh, Union Berlin was was one because they signed mm -hmm. Benucci, and I was mm -hmm. like, how do you put Benucci into that squad? I mean, going into the Champions League, it's a nice little pickup. But the other one was uh, Frankfurt, who lost mm. uh, Indica to Roma on a free at the start of the window. They also lost your friend and ours, Jesper Lindstrom. He went to Napoli. So uh, two big losses. And then on transfer mm. deadline day, they lost Colo Moani for 95 million euros, and they have not replaced him in any shape or form. The most is spent on a player bringing in is 10 million euros. So it's new FM if you're doing a... If you want someone to do a bit of money, I'm going to guess Eintracht Frankfurt have got a fair bit of money to spend at the start of the season. So it's mm -hmm. that might be the like the little better idea. I think Premier League wise, it's I think it's the three that we've I think three or four that we've already discussed. All those four teams down the bottom: Wolves, Sheffield United, Luton, and uh, Everton. But we never do that. Uh, just not very good transfer windows at all from the wall. And it's it's the I think the Luton one, I think I think we said before the podcast, when Luton played Chelsea, I looked at the team sheets on both and I was like, mm, I know about 25% of all the players here because of all the players that Chelsea <laughs> have signed that I don't even remember some of them being signed. Like there's a couple of defenders that have gone in there. I was like, no, I have no clue who he is. I assume mm -hmm. he's gonna be all right. But there we are. And then yeah, Luton have picked up bench warmers from the Premier League. Just to put it nicely, mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone outstanding that picked up. How dare you say that about <laughs> Ross Barkley? I mean, yeah, that is, that I'm is so sorry. The, 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 I will I will stand for most things in this podcast, yeah. but Ross Barkley slander is leave. not one of I them. I might leave. Sorry, okay, this, you, this, you, this, you, wow. You yeah, what the ben, the former bench warmer for Chelsea? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday icon Ross Barkley. I think yeah. you'll find uh, yeah. one of the greatest loan performances the world has ever seen. Um, yeah, no, you, you are right, especially in terms of in terms of Sheffield United and Luton. We talked about it quite a lot again when we did the prediction. It it feels like they're trying to build a competent championship squad, um, and not even a, a championship squad that would necessarily get you, you know, automatic promotion. A, a semi decent one that would get you top half, and then maybe build use it as a platform to build on in the future. And looking at some of the players that they've bought in, it, it kind of it, it just it reinforces that they're you know, ready for um, parachute payments, so they can. They, abs they absolutely are. They I mean absolutely are. They've made those improvements it's, to the stadium, but I saw it the other night and I was like, wow, the, the Globe Arena in Morecambe still looks a lot better than their stadium. Mm -hmm. I like the, the the stand that actually has tears as you look at it. So it has like a little lower one, then it goes up again, <laughs> and then it goes up again. And that's just one stand. Makes no sense <laughs> at all as you look at it from the <laughs> side. The uh, Yeah, and then the other thing, like, okay, I'll, I'll bring you around to Liverpool. Imagine having that midfield of McAllister, Sausages, and Gravenberch in FM23. <laughs> oh, just, yeah, you're set for life there, but maybe it happens. Maybe it happens, we'll see. Sorted and Endo as well, that everyone knew about. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Everybody, everybody knew all about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody knew all about Endo. Yeah. Everyone was, yeah. uh, you know. As, uh, hey, all I'm saying is somebody who spent 18 months managing um, in Germany. <laughs> 
yeah maybe maybe somebody was a bit of a uh you know an endo expert um it wasn't me as it turns out it really wasn't me i think i sold math for a season he just wanted to leave was like, fair <laughs> enough uh, bye-bye um that it's that midfield is very very good isn't it that's a very very good midfield i think as midfield rebuilds go it's it's i think from your point of view jeb has that gone about now you've got you've got sausages you've got um mcallister and and now graven birchin has that got about as well as as it could have gone do you think no i wanted Turam as well <laughs> so that was, that's all the one in all season was Turam. because <laughs> i mean if you look at his uh stats so far this season in league um he's been phenomenal he's been one of the best midfielders out there and it's his price is just going to go up and up and he'll Mm-hmm. he'll probably just go join Real Madrid and then they, they'll have a fourth midfielder to add to the, that trio so exactly exactly and why wouldn't he and why wouldn't he because he's a he's a he's a French central midfielder so to him Chouameni Camavinga um uh Bellingham Jude Bellingham, yeah. Jude Bellingham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's great I, I, I've the, my favorite thing about the Gravenberg signing was I think I saw the little video of him turning up at, at um turning up at the club uh, a couple of days ago and he walks in and obviously he, see, he sees Van Dijk, he sees Gakpo, he sees kind of like a lot of the uh, uh, the Dutch contingent and then the first non-Dutch player you see him interacting with is Andy Robinson and he just comes walking up to him and Andy Robinson's like finally a good Dutch player how are you doing brother? You're like oh that's nice <laughs> that's just really because you know that Gakpo and Van Dijk have stood just behind him so they've he said it to their faces he just just to, to correct people it's uh, Andy Robertson we haven't signed a new, new player called Andy Robinson just, just no you have you have it's Andy Robinson he's very small he's Scottish he looks a lot like Andy Robertson yeah but he's a, a very different. it's a bit like it's it, it's twin magic is basically yeah, yeah. what it is it's 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 the old DOA he tags yeah. in at halftime and nobody notices as as um, soon as you said Andy Robinson I could feel Jeb waiting mm-hmm. for you to stop then I was like <laughs> Jeb is ready to correct here I just, just need, to, need, to, need to confirm things you know you never know I'm gonna have to fi- yeah next time I do it I'm gonna have to filibuster till the end of the podcast I'm just gonna yeah. talk for 45 minutes straight <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs> and then just yeah. turn off the call and then just go and then I'm not available for a month uh Rich did a silly again what are the chances very high as it turns out enormously high um, should we should we go to the opposite of silliness? Um, let's go for some calm and considered opinions. Kev, hello, friend. Hello. Um, um, what have you got for us, like my friend? Oh, I've let's, got a let's... few things. Would you like me to tell you how completely, utterly baffled and confused by my own club, Man United, I am first? Or would you like me to talk about uh, a couple of other points that I've got? Take your pick, Rich. Where would you like to go? Bafflement. Okay. Bafflement. It's really, really easy. I have absolutely no idea as a Man United fan how, one, we are still owned by the people that we are come the end of this transfer window, considering it's been going since November. Two, I think we are halfway through the recruitment that we should have been doing over the summer and we haven't managed to do the other half of it, which is (laughs) ridiculous. Why is Eric Bailly and uh, Donny van de Beek and Anthony Martial... And Harry Maguire still at my club. Other than the fact that they get paid an awful lot of wages and apparently everybody comes in and then goes, no, can't afford it or they don't want to go. I don't understand why these players are at my club. We're supposed to be renewing our club and moving forward and getting them out. I think Eric Ten Hag, to be totally truthful with you, is as baffled as that as I am, I think, because I genuinely think he thought those kind of guys would be gone this summer and we could actually restructure in a 
bigger way than we did. What we bought in was interesting. I think Amrabat is a really great deal because I think he's going to help our midfield immensely. Gets a lot of quality in there in some ways that you would know and maybe others that you're going to be surprised by and what it will free up other people to do. I think Mount is a good player to have in because I think it gives us options in terms of resting Bruno here and there, playing a couple of different types of uh, midfield system. Um, I think... Why did we get Johnny Evans? I think Johnny Evans on a year-long contract is purely because he's an old boy from the club and he'll add some leadership maybe to the dressing room. I don't know how much we're actually going to see him. And what does that mean for Harry Maguire, for goodness sake, if you're bringing him in? And then we've lost all our left-backs. And we've had to go and get one from Tottenham, which is a decent option. I think he was one of two or three that were worth having a look at and definitely worth getting in. But, you know, it's not a great start of the season, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, Today, as we speak, Sunday morning, mm -hmm. we might be seeing our, our big number one acquisition from the summer for the first time in, in Hoyland. Johnny Evans. Sorry. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny. Evans, absolutely. <laughs> uh, or Hoyland, one or the other, this afternoon against Arsenal. And who knows what that's going to be? I mean, you know, everybody's going, oh, he's going to be Haaland. He's going to do this for the United. He's going. Who knows what he's going to be? He's a 20, 21-year-old kid who's been paid an absolute fortune for, that has got all the potential and all the raw material and it might take him three seasons to properly get to where he might be going. But he might hit the ground running. Who knows? And that's my club. And I'm utterly bemused he's, and befuddled by the lot of it. His name has ruined him immediately it because it because it is so near to Haaland. He will constantly be... Um, I mean, Haaland just scored... Wasn't it something like... He, he scored like 50 goals in 39 Premier League games. The man's yep. a machine. You should. No one should be compared to him. He's he's borderline boring at this point. Like it's yep. it's like, like yeah, <laughs> I, I, with fancy league. Like lots of people play fancy league. Everyone has to cut um, captain Erling Haaland. You have to. Mm. At halftime, I looked. I've I've got him as captain. It was two one, and he hadn't scored. I was like, brilliant. Well, that's a waste. Turned it off. Look back at the end. Oh, he scored a hat trick. Sure, okay, fine. And <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to touch upon was why. Have we got this incestuous almost selling between the top teams at the moment? I don't get it. I don't understand why. Like, why are Tottenham loaning Man United their, their backup left back? Why strengthen Man United? Why are Chelsea selling to United? Why are City selling to Chelsea? Cole Palmer. What on earth was that about? Like, I, I don't get. I feel, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Kev, Kevin Jeb, you support the teams that are usually up the top of the league. Maybe this has been happening for years and I'm only just noticing it now. But I feel like this wasn't a thing. Why, why would you actively be like, oh yeah, take this player and you can have him? Because why not sell him abroad? Why not sell him somewhere else? I, I don't get it. It's kind of a part thing, I think, in the sense that uh, for a, from a United's perspective, I don't think we often deal with Liverpool, for example. Mm. Uh, I think that we uh, occasionally deal with Chelsea. I think a lot of the time we have done some deals with Tottenham. They've been some challenging ones because Daniel Levy's a challenging what's it, you know. The likes of Berbatov comes to mind, etc. through that. So I think that there, there's always been a few of them going around. Maybe at the moment it's heightened. But the one that I really didn't understand, if I'm totally honest, was I genuinely thought that Cole Palmer was going to get an opportunity at yeah. City. Uh, mm. Having sold Riyad Mahrez, I 
thought, you know, there's an opportunity for a young guy to come in and get some minutes. Not all the time. It wasn't going to be a first every week, but I thought he'd get something. But to go to Chelsea instead seems like that's an interesting one with the amount of players that they've bought. And let's face it, they do kind of like an attacking midfield type wide man option at Chelsea, don't they? So I think mm. they've probably got a few of them in to mm. get. I don't quite get that. But yeah, I think it's a thing. I think it's been a thing for a while, but I don't. You know, it, it's kind of part thing. It, it, it's not every know. club to every other club. It's a few selected ones, I think. I think the Cole Palmer thing might be the English players that you need to have registered, etc. in the league. The and then yeah, also if they get into Europe, which I think Chelsea are probably fearing more than anything because of FFP, because that's when it actually kicks in, when you're away for kicking on it. Mm-hmm. Obviously the Premier League, but they'll just turn a blind eye to it, sadly. The City one, that... The City one, the one that really annoyed me, I think, more than anything else, they signed Kovacic, they signed uh, Baku or Doku, I can't remember which, which, which one it is. The, the Doku. Doku. Yeah. Signed him, so that's the Jumara's replacement. Then on deadline day, they just signed Matthias Nunes because yeah. De Bruyne is injured for a couple of months. I mean, imagine having mm-hmm. that power where you can go, right, there's Wolves' best midfielder, probably one of the best slight box-to-box midfielders in the Premier League. We're just going to pick him up. He'll, he'll be a good little backup. And then even Guardiola saying, oh, he's world-class, but they've already got like a midfield full of like Rodri, you've got well, poor old Calvin Phillips is like, great, cool. I'm really glad he's here. <laughs> I'm gonna go win a load more trophies and not do anything about it because they're not gonna play me. It's just yeah, that that kind of annoyed me. They just signed Nunes because they could, and that, that mm. just kind of I shows. Mean, I mean, at least Calvin Phillips still gets called up to England squads, though. That's the important yeah. thing. Um, you know, you don't need to necessarily play football. It's not about the amount of football you're playing, um, it's not about where you're playing, it's just about how good the training facilities are. Um, that's 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 the key component mm. to that. I've, um, got, I've got a couple of other things, if I can, Rich. Just to, um, oh, you, of course you can, Kev. Um, of course. So, you can. so the, the other thing that uh, intrigues me is a couple of really big clubs I want to talk about, and then a, a particular player that I want to talk about. So, the couple of big clubs, uh, and they are the big clubs: Barcelona and PSG. I mean, PSG are they any better this time round, having lost Messi and Neymar to actually go and win the Champions League? I don't think they are. So that's an interesting situation. I mean, you know, they've still got some exceptional players and I still don't have a clue what's going on with Mbappe as to how he's still there or he hasn't signed a deal yet but he was supposed to sign a deal to still stay there and all that kind of drama that's been happening over the the summer so that's going to be interesting he's still going to be at Real Madrid next season is he basically that's how it's all going to play out but are they better I don't think they are Barcelona what have they done in the last couple of days they've uh, done a couple of loan deals for Felix and Cancelo isn't it how Mm -hmm. I mean, what have they been doing this summer? Because uh, last summer they were at death's door and weren't able to do anything. And they pulled 73 levers or whatever it was to get them through the summer transfer window and all that kind of stuff. I don't see a lot has changed. I don't think they've moved a lot of players on, have they particularly? I mean, Ansu Fati's now gone to uh, Brighton on a loan. That's a great deal for Brighton and for him as well to get back to where he needs to be. But Barcelona confused the life out of me as a club, how they're still going and they're still finding ways to get these players in randomly. I'm sure somebody can tell me how. PSG I slightly disagree on. I think they've now got rid of Neymar and Messi, who are the names, mm-hmm. and now they can just... Mbappe's like the, the, the linchpin in the middle of everything, and they've bought all these players that can go around him. Not world's like superstars and stuff like that, but really clever little players like Asensio, mm-hmm. who you're a big fan of. Moani's a really big pickup as well. There's somebody to, to play alongside. There's, there's nice, like, really sensible transfers i think this time from psg rather mm-hmm. than going for it right let's get a big name we're going to get him in and 
that's that's what we do. My my only point about yeah. them ultimately was I don't look at them and think, well, that's going to win them the Champions League this time round. I think they're going to be an also ran again in the Champions League while that beds in a little bit and that will sack a manager and that will cause, you know, and round and round we'll go and then Mbappe will be gone next summer and we'll see where they go from there, I guess. Yeah. It'll be interesting because the, the last manager went for non-footballing reasons, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be the who I can't even remember who the new manager is. Who is it? Anybody? Anyone? Um, Mueller? No. <laughs> Allardyce, isn't it? I'm sure yeah. it's Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it. he's it's a P- P- Pulis. I yeah. think it's pronounced. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Antoine Pulis. Yeah, it's quite good. So my my last my last question, and it regards a particular player, is what happened to and mm-hmm. do we think this will actually be the moment to change it? What happened to Romelu Lukaku? And can he do something at Roma? The reason I asked the question is that a number of years ago, when I believe he was in and around Everton West, uh, Brom, he went on loan for a while, all that kind of stuff. I mm. genuinely thought there was an absolute superstar there. And I really wanted him at my club at United. And eventually we got him and it didn't work out for various reasons, all sorts of other bits and pieces. Um, uh, but he's gone so many different places. I don't think he was amazing last season <clears throat> when he was on loan in Italy at Inter. Uh, I don't think he put, uh, did anything for Chelsea. I don't think he did enough at United. I think he was good at times, but not great. There's a superstar in there. Surely there is. With the, the physical attributes he got, with the ability to put the ball in the back of the net when he seems to be you know, at his best or whatever, what on earth has happened to him? And can he do this at Roma? That's I mean, I, I, I remember years ago when he was playing for Everton and Martin Tyro, I think, said on Sky commentary, he's like, <clears throat> all these kids now on, <clears throat> playing FIFA and stuff, games like that. If you're going to make the perfect strike, you'd make Lukaku. Because, because mm-hmm. he's he's strong, he's fast, he's good at finishing, he's good in the you know, he's got all the attributes you'd want in a striker. What he also has is an absolutely diabolical attitude. Yeah. Um, and I think that is ultimately why he's never found a home. Like mm-hmm. at Everton, I loved the man. I loved him. I also hated him. And that sounds ridiculous because he was our linchpin. We played a system where it was like, how can we get the ball to Romelu Lukaku? That that was just how we played it. And he scored goals because of it. But his attitude stunk. When he was bad, he was awful. Every time he went to international duty, he'd talk about the fact he wants to leave. Um, even though the fact, you know, we all adored him. And, and the, the move was always going to happen. And I think it's really funny because I remember playing... Everton played United, and I th- I want to say we beat you three 0 or something like that. And it was one Probably. of those it was one of those times where Lukaku was up front, so he got loads of loads of stick, and um and he United were going through this transition as they do every couple of years now, and they were like, right, we need to completely reshape this squad. You know, we need to do all this. I want to say it was under Solskjaer. I'm, I'm chucking a load of facts that might all be wrong, um and. And then they started the next season and the only player they'd got rid of was Lukaku. And Lukaku was their top goal scorer from that season. And yet he was the scapegoat. He was the one who they said, he's the problem. We're getting him out. And yet he scored more goals than any player within that squad. And I think it was something like 20 or something along those lines. He he does score goals everywhere he goes. I just think he's a real issue to manage. I I think managers don't like him. Um, 
because he's he is the man. Like he goes into a squad and he goes, right, either you worship me or I want to leave. And and I think that is at its core the problem because you see every like so many Premier League footballers are so remarkably talented at what they do. Like even the ones who everyone says are rubbish, they are still remarkably talented. If you saw Harry Maguire playing football in the park, you'd probably go, he's all right. You know, that's, that's, you know, that, that's, that's the level I'm talking, you know, but, but, but he's all right. He's all right. It's fine. Could yeah, I yeah. beat him in the air? Maybe. But, um, you know, like, like with, 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 um, with Lukaku, you look at him, you go, he is an exceptional footballer, but he just has the wrong head on his shoulders, unfortunately. And I think that's why he's never found a home. I think that's why every, like, why would Chelsea be getting rid of him? They, they're crying out for a Romelu Lukaku in the middle of their, their, strike force and yet they have one and they don't use him because his attitude stinks that's my answer kev yeah i think if you get I, I, right, oh, go on. I, I think he had a rough end of the deal at the start of his career in england if i'm completely honest with you um if we talk about his attitude and we talk about kind of where his headspace is you know he was desperate to move to chelsea he, you know, when he was when he was at Antelect, he, you know, he, he wanted the Chelsea move because he wanted to go and replicate his idol, who was Didier Drogba. Um, very, very vocal about his love for him. Um, get his gets his dream move to Chelsea, so we can start doing that. Gets loaned out to West Brom, where he was fantastic. Like we've we've talked about this on pod before. My two older brothers are both West Brom fans, and they still sing his praises now. They're like, we've, we've he's, he's one of the best players in their minds. He's one of the best players they've ever had. And then he goes back to Chelsea to get his chance. And then Chelsea re-signed Didier Drogba. So he gets like kicked. He gets he can't get a place in the squad because they've re-signed an elderly Drogba to keep him out of the first team because they would rather have Didier Drogba than they would who the player on paper who is his natural successor. You know, he's, he's a very Drogba-esque player. He's big, he's quick, he's great in the air, great finisher. And that's got to knock your confidence like it irreparably surely like if the club that you are desperate to sign for the player that you are desperate to imitate the club like actually we don't think you're as good as him so we're actually going to re-sign him and start him ahead of you sorry about that hope that doesn't upset you too much in the long run that's got to be a really really big chip on his shoulder um and now we're everywhere like i say he talks about the actual problem he talks about being the guy at every club he goes to if that was your experience uh you know at football especially football in england if like, well, that's what that's how I've got to be in order to succeed, in order to become the guy I've got to act like it. Like it's it's gonna have that detrimental effect on you in the long term in terms of like your your attitude towards the game. Surely it is. There's gonna be a lot of Robert Lukaku's because Chelsea are still signing a lot of players. And there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of those in, in the yeah. next 10 years, if that's the case, because stop hanging your hat on the wrong club. I've got nothing against Chelsea, but stop signing for them. I know you get a lot of money. There's loads of money everywhere in football. You could sign for Luton and probably earn 40 grand a week. That's a lot of money. Like, like, just don't go to Chelsea. <laughs> don't go to Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah, on the on the Lukaku thing, uh, um, let's go, let's take it back to FM. I wouldn't mind a front three of uh, Tammy Abraham, Lukaku, having Belotti as your backup, and then Dybala just sat behind him. I mean, that's... that's like, right. If you got that in a draft mode, you'd be pretty happy yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh Abraham's like, I think he's got cruciate, so he's out to like the new year anyway. So I think Lukaku might take that berth up front with Belotti and then Dybala will sit behind him. I mean, that could be scary. It's a shame they're not in the Champions League because a, a draw against Chelsea would just have been perfect or into Milan, <laughs> like later down the competition. I mean, that had just been great to watch. But 
Tammy, like especially Tammy and Lukaku against Chelsea, that would be great because Tammy Tammy is another one who got a mm-hmm. rough end of the stick with Chelsea. He was he was great for them. <laughs> They're mm. just like, yep, yeah, we'll get rid of you. It's fine. And now he, they get to be managed by Mourinho for a couple of months and see how long he lasts over at Roma before. I think if, if anybody's ever going to go to Saudi Arabia, it's Jose Mourinho. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he likes a payday. I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 there's been a bit of it over his career, hasn't there? Um, yeah. the, the, the occasional cash payout for, for, for Big Jose. Um, yeah, it's, you are right. You are right. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? And I, I think Callum and Kev, I'll ask you this question, both as, as fans of clubs who have formerly had him. If he had been available for your club in the summer, would you have taken him back? <laughs> Rich, have you seen Everton? <laughs> I know. I know, but you're saying that better. You say so. You're saying you'd rather have Lukaku than Beto, Callum. Is that what you're saying? You, you know what? You know what? No, like, like if <laughs> genu- genuinely, purely because we've now got Beto and he's that bit younger, he's got a better attitude. I probably wouldn't now, but there were there were points in the summer where Lukaku said something along the lines of the, you know when did you feel most at home? He said, well, when I was in England. He said, yeah, but when specifically? And he said, at Everton. So naturally, all the Everton fans went, brilliant, he's coming back. Oh my God, we're getting Lukaku in the summer. And, you know, he's going to get you goals. He's going to get you goals. And that's ultimately what we need. But um, yes, and now better, no. I am I am far more excited over the potential and possibility that Hoyland could be good than I would be over the thought of what I know Lukaku would bring to my club. It's fair enough. That's concise. I liked that. I liked that a lot. That was very, very, that was a very Kev answer, but Kev answers are good answers. We like that enormously. Um, a couple of, a couple of clubs that I just wanted to touch upon as well. Uh, just, just while we're it's still in the vague kind of a uh, concept of, uh, of, of transfer windows and, and clubs and summers. Um, I haven't come up yet. West Ham. I think if you look at clubs and if you look at clubs over the last like 10 years or so who have sold their star player, and then if you look at how clubs have spent that money, Spurs are a prime example of this. When Spurs sold Gareth Bale and Spurs then signed eight players, each of whom did kind of one of the things that Gareth Bale used to do. And then it didn't really work very well in the long run, shockingly enough, because none of those players could actually, you know, they couldn't get all players on the pitch at the same time. Like when, um, but when Liverpool sold Suarez and they didn't, you know, they sold Suarez and then replaced, it was Balotelli that came in to replace Suarez. Yeah, that not, not really the same kind of, kind of thing. And so uh, it's, it's Ricky n- Lambert, sorry. Oh, and Ricky, I'll take it all back. Actually, no, that was money, money well spent. Um, when it comes to clubs selling their star players, and how they kind of you know spend that money and how they try and rebuild and where that money gets 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 spent. I think West Ham have nailed it this summer. I think selling Declan Rice, it was if it was going to happen, I think this it this was the summer it was going to. 105 million pounds they've got from in the end. And if you look at like they've bought in James Ward Prowse, they've brought in Edson Alvarez, and now they've bought in Mohamed Kudus as well. Those are three absolutely phenomenal signings. I, I, I think, for my money, West Ham have probably had one of the best transfer windows out there in the Premier League 
this summer. I, I, I rate those signings so, so highly. And also me being a huge, you know, Stuttgart officiate and expert on German football. Uh, Mavropanos as well, they've brought in the centre-back. He's very, very, very good as well. He's a very West Ham centre-back. He kind of fits that mould. He's he's not going to, you know, he's not there to dazzle you, but he's going to win headers and he's going to be big and he's going to stick a foot in where it needs foot needs sticking in. I think that's wonderful. And I think, if anything, if you look at how good of a start West Ham have had as well, Ward-Prowse has just come in and just done James Ward-Prowse things. He's assisting already. That's what he does. Alvarez looks really, really comfortable in that midfield as well. I think it's been a really, really good transfer window for them. And honestly, like I said, I can't think of many clubs in the Premier League that have had a significantly better one. I, th I think one of the things that's made it better as well is that Mikel Antonio showed up this season as well. Like last season, he mm -hmm. wasn't around. Obviously, now he's getting decent service from Ward Prowse and uh, Piquetta and stuff like that. How long Piquetta? Piquetta's got this uh, betting thing looming over him, hasn't he? Which was ironic because mm. he scored that penalty against, mm. um, was it against Chelsea in front of all those betting hoardings yeah, against yeah. company he allegedly <clears throat> put all the bets on? Allegedly. Covering all of our legal backs, allegedly. This is what's been said. But, uh, yeah, and I think that that's helped massively. I think the... Yeah, I think they might have needed a striker. They got rid of Skamaka. Yeah, Skamaka, Skamaka just scored twice yesterday in Syria. Like, mm. <laughs> so it's it was a strange one, I think, to get rid of him because he, he just needed to play. I think that was the issue with Skamaka. He wasn't playing enough. Uh, but yeah, no, they've done well. I, I did love the uh, statistic last week that they had. What was it? 19% possession. And they completed like 27 passes compared to Brighton's 281. What was the score? It was 1-0 to West Ham. Like, it was just... <laughs> horrible Brexit football. I think there was one stage where they nearly had McTominay and uh, Maguire. Maguire in, didn't they? <laughs> and they mm -hmm. didn't happen, which was which was a shame in some ways, but also great because United still have them. So Yay. <laughs> uh, of course, we also, boys, we also know what the main transfer deal is going to be in uh, the summer of 2025 already because Brighton have bought another unknown central midfielder called Carlos Baleba. Yeah. He's going to be a huge hit, isn't he? Because that's what Brighton do, and, and Man United are going to buy him in two years from now for like ninety-five million pound or something. So that's going to be a fun one in a couple of years. I bet all Brighton fans broke, breathed a sigh of relief yesterday because Evan Ferguson scored the hat trick after the transfer window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah, we're, just fine till, we're fine till January. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, I think that kind of, you know, brings us on quite nicely to, um, you know, so we were having a, a brief chat earlier as well. We were talking about potential clubs, you know, because in real, you know, in terms of football management as well, FM24 is on the horizon. And now that transfer windows are finished, people have got a bit of a better idea about clubs they might be looking at in terms of things like the beta as well. Um, Brighton. I think there's going to be a lot of people managing Brighton, especially in the beat this year, because that Mitoma is going to be. I think Mitoma is going to have one of the greatest upgrades. I think we've we've seen him. He, he skyrocketed in January, or when they did the uh, the the kind of you know mid season update on FM uh, FM twenty three. I think he's going to be even better in twenty four. Evan Ferguson's going to be. Everyone's just just because of that hat trick, he's going to be at the forefront of everybody's mind. Everyone's going to want to give him a proper run at it. Uh, Callum, is, I mean, is there any but any clubs that you've seen looked at transfer window wise and looking at and thinking, oh, this might be an interesting idea for something to do a little bit later down the line for FM twenty four or now? 
or even now with the with the with the uh, with the updates, updated squads. I mean, I, I think I think it, we we are we are in an interesting period within the football manager game cycle, which mm. I, I said before pod started. I think people are in two minds at the moment. They're either I'm going to wait for FN24, I'm not going to bother, or let's think of something that's short term. And thinking of something that's short term in football manager is really hard because football manager isn't a short term game. You don't tend to go, right, I'm going to play two seasons with this, which is why I really struggle with the beta. I usually don't play a beta save purely because I don't like the idea of playing it for two weeks and then that's over. Um, However, this is the first year we've ever got a situation where you could start a save now and carry it on. And and that is the interesting thing um, about how FM23 is going to merge into FM24, one of the few features we do know about for FM24. So with that in mind, the world is your oyster. I mean, you could, you could start with absolutely anyone. Personally, for me, if I was going to start a, a, a save now, I'd be looking down the bottom of the Premier League and seeing what I could do in a short amount of time. How could I maybe make a team established or see how they would work? And Luton do interest me, I'll be honest with you. If, if, if I was to pick anyone, because I think their squad is so far off everyone else's. I think it's going to be very, very difficult, um, especially if you went into it with no additional signings in the summer. So you did have to get to January with the squad they've currently got. Um I'd be tempted to dabble with Luton, even if it was a case of going down, seeing how you can rebuild in the championship and coming back up. Because I would assume the expectations would be fairly low. I think they might accept a relegation. I don't know. Um, I would I would hope so. Um, that's usually my mantra. Yeah, there's a customised uh, thingy, which is get more points than Derby did that time. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent. Yeah, that's, I, I, I can't promise that, Jeb, if I'm honest yeah, with you, yeah. as manager of Luton, but I can try my darndest. And uh, yeah, so I think I think that's maybe where I would lean. Um, I mean, there are there's plenty of clubs where you can look abroad. But as I say, this, this is genuinely a tricky time for football manager, especially if you've been playing it the whole game cycle. Um, and you'll notice that with content creators starting to play other games around this time of year as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, Kev, I mean, you, you've got a, an incredible save on the go. Um, and, you know, you've, you've joked about it on stream recently that there is potential for it maybe to kind of, you know, carry over into 24 because you know because um, basically because italy uh italy is the issue here um oh no no i think to be honest it's basically because me i'm the issue here <laughs> i have been no. all year but we'll get there kev's semi-fluent in italian now did you know <laughs> pretty much especially food, food items i like to order food items it's all good <laughs> exactly exactly bolognese that's that's all you need that's all you need it's all it's all about the hands it's all about the it's all about the hand gestures um yeah is there any anybody that you know if um because obviously i'm because i because i back you i'll back you to the ends of the earth Thanks, mate. i think you know fi- final weeks of fm 23 i think kev's going to arrive home and i don't see i don't see that changing uh at all in any under any circumstances are there any clubs that you you've had to look at and you've seen their transfer windows and you thought oh that could be something that might be uh, a little bit of fun uh, temporarily 
So, yes, there is one uh, specifically that I wanted to bring, but I've also got a couple of save ideas for you as well, uh, away from the actual transfer of other teams. So we'll, we'll talk about those Let's in go. a second. I'm ready. <laughs> so the, the, the club that I think is interesting, and it's, uh, it's something that I've thought for a very long time. I made a video on it on somebody else's collective YouTube channel several years ago about hardest teams to manage and other bits and pieces. My club... Uh, for a short-term, long-term, medium-term, whatever you want, is Spurs. Tottenham Hotspur are a really weird club. They've got a very, very uh, battle-hardened person at the very uh, head of their club that's very hard to deal with. He's quite pig-headed in a way and all sorts of other bits and pieces you could label at him in Daniel Levy. Um, but ultimately, what I think is they've lost Harry Kane. I don't think they've particularly replaced him as a striker, but they have improved a couple of areas of their squad. But my thought about Tottenham is this. Ultimately, their perception is that they should be challenging for everything. They've never really done it consistently in the last you know, decade, let's say. But they kind of should because they've got a decent stadium, decent amount of finances, decent quality through a bit of their, uh, their squad. But there are things missing and identifying those things and making that right in Football Manager and then battling with the other traditional top uh, six teams plus the additions of like Brighton and various other teams that are in there is actually really hard. So that's my team to go and have a go at. And it could be give yourself three seasons. Can you win the league? That kind of save or it could be a longer term one. So that's the one for that. In terms of other save ideas, I've done a couple of bits over my time. One that I really love to do, and I've gone to the most obscure leagues to do it, is go through till halfway through this uh, a season in any league in the world of football, find the bottom team and can you keep them up? Half a season, it's going to take you, a, uh, you know, a few hours to do, but it's a real fun one. And you can do back to back. You can then go and put yourself in somewhere else in the same scenario and just keep doing that. So I used to call that my uh, uh, my relegation rescue save on YouTube years ago when I was doing it. I really enjoyed them. I went to China. We went to Argentina. We went all sorts of places that will get you to some interesting leagues. So have a go at that. Um, and my my final thought, and this is something that I will do at some point, but I don't know when the break in my schedule for my streams will be to be able to do it. Revisit the clubs that have sacked you. I've got a ton of them. That's why I'm going to do it. <laughs> and we were talking about it on my stream this week of actually doing a, a revenge tour against these teams and literally going and putting myself in the first one. And can I do it better? Have I learned anything to be able to do it better? And then if I have, after two or three seasons, move on to the next one that sacked you and go and try the same thing. Can you do it better? Short term stuff. Try and match what you did before and make it better, those sorts of things. So there's a couple of save ideas. But yeah, Tottenham, really weird club. They should be potentially challenging the stuff. They don't always. Can you make them? I think Spurs, yeah, Spurs is a very interesting one. I really like that as a concept because, as you say, it's, it's another club. They've sold their big striker and they didn't buy another striker. They just strengthened kind of everywhere else um i mean again we talked when we did our premier league predictions i said that i thought that it's a player like hyung min son stick him up front now that kane's gone and i think he'll score goals and he scored a hat trick this weekend so i'm feeling very smug about myself look at me go but yeah it's it they are an interesting one because as i say they are it's that's perennial underachievers realistically speaking to have gone as long as they've gone without winning 
any trophies seems almost excessive at this point. You know, their best chance of winning the league they've had in the last decade. They got stopped by Leicester City because, of course, they did. Why wouldn't why wouldn't they be? So Spurs is a great shout, and I also really love really really love the concept of the United City FM Revenge Tour. You know, he's he's putting on <laughs> his Britney Revenge dress. He's that's going to problem. Fiorentina. He's going to show them all. Oh, that's 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 a really really lovely idea. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Um, and again, the re the relegation. You know, saving the relegated clubs. You know, I think we've all we've all tried it at some point. Sometimes, not always successfully, but sometimes it's one of the most satisfying feelings. I think keeping one of those, keeping that club that's bottom of the table at Christmas, keeping them up, is as much fun as winning a league title. With that I did uh, a few years ago. I did one in China, and it was the hardest save I've ever done because literally nothing worked for half a season, and we went down bottom of the table where I found them. I just couldn't get anything to work at all. But it was kind of fun in a really obscure way. But yeah, hmm. now that's the thing is it's 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 hard because I think if you're taking over a club that's that's bottom of a league, regardless of their reputation, I think regardless of the expectations of the club as well, if you're bottom of the league, Christmas Day, morale all over the club's going to be in the mud, isn't it? Everyone's going to be unhappy, which is going to affect performances on the pitch. You're going to have key players who are wanting to leave. It's it's a really, really difficult set of circumstances to come in and do well with. I mean, I had it with Scandinavia. I did it with Rosenborg. I took them over, you know, near enough bottom of the table and survived on the last day. And you would expect, based on the quality of the team on paper, oh, you'll be fine. You'll go up and you'll, you'll smash the league. But it's it's really, really hard. It's not, not an easy thing to do at all. Um, Jeb, what about yourself? Any any teams that you've got an eye on? Any uh, any thoughts? You know, short or long term bits and pieces. Uh, I've got three. One of them has only mm -hmm. come about as we we chatted it through. Uh, first one's Villa. I think if you get a decent striker at Villa now, like Holly Watkins, yeah, quite good, and Durand's mm -hmm. like as a backup, you could have a tilt at Champions League or even further with that. The transfers they've made in, Pau Torres coming in is amazing. Longley they brought in. Diego Carlos is like a new signing for them anyway. They've got Kamara, Luis in midfield with McGinn as well. And then they've picked up Zaniolo, who's just phenomenal. Uh, and then you've got Diaby and Bailey if he stays fit. If not, Coutinho out on the wings. I don't know if Coutinho will stay. He might disappear to Saudi Arabia. But yeah, that's there's a couple of signs away from like really pushing for that Champions League. I mean, Liverpool are playing them later today. See how that goes. I'm not say any more. The other one, uh, speaking of transfer windows, and it's if you compare the two transfer windows from last season to this season, they've done exactly the same, but they've done it better. It's Forest. Forest signings have been phenomenal this this summer. Actually, looking at it, you think they picked up Jesse Lingard last season? Ayu, they've all gone out the door. Like, awful. Uh, Colback's gone as well. But then this this season, the picks... Obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White had a really good season last season. Uh, in terms of who they brought in, Sangar, like even on the transfer deadline day, they brought in Sangar, uh, Blackademus and Pliers. Tease me, tease me, tease me. <laughs> uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, who we still don't know a lot about because he doesn't play that often. And they also picked up Liverpool. He should have a statue outside the stadium. Divacarigi on loan. As well, so it's there's some and uh, Elanga was the other one. Elanga was Elanga got the goal yesterday, but a one year, a one year strength, power, pace, everything. Really annoying that Liverpool had him at one stage, and we just well, we sold him onto Forest. But seeing him yesterday and 
start of the season has been phenomenal. And then you've got somebody big and horrible like Chris Wood as a backup as well. So Forrest could be an exciting one. And the final one is the team that we talked about earlier, Roma. Roma had a really good transfer window as well. I mean, they brought in midfield or our Paredes, Renato Sanchez, like into the midfield. And then obviously we've got big Rom up front as well. I mean, you could have a lot of fun with that. You could try and push that. I mean, Italy, as, as myself and Kev know, is probably the hardest league to just get consistency in more than anything else because you're like, in six games, you're always playing a big team, and it's different types of big team every time you play them. But yeah, I think Roma could be an interesting one. I think, yeah, like I said, Forest I mean, could, could make a couple more signings. I mean, they've got a little bit of money there because of Brendan Johnson, but they've still got a good squad. I think last season they signed a load of players who were really high potential in FM, but this time they've actually signed established players, and then a couple of ones were really high potential as well. So that's probably where I'd lean towards if you were doing something. It was interesting. I think you've 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 raised an interesting point there. I think the it's the it's the signing all the players who have got the potential, but you've got to bed them in, and they've got to actually start to grow and reach, reach that potential, which isn't always the easiest thing to achieve in a competitive in a league like the Premier League, especially super competitive league. You know, the, the famous thing, not going to win anything with kids. And you know, when it, with a team like Forest, you know, you, you're not going to stay in the league with kids. You know, you need to give them that time. And here I am two, three weeks later after we talked about, you know, who we thought could be facing a bit of trouble this time. They've had an annoyingly good transfer window. So yeah, well, there might be a little bit of, bit even, of egg on my face in the long even run. Even players, players that I forgot, like, I'm about to, I'm a. Omar Bamadili, Omar Bamadili, and Marillo that they brought in as well. And Nuno Tavares, I think we, me and Richard spoke about him. He's brilliant mm-hmm. on FM, like mm-hmm. as a pacey left back who you want to get crosses in. They brought him in as well. Uh, yeah, like Forrest is reasonably exciting again. It's just there's a lot of players there, so there's a lot of deadwood to get rid of as well because. You know, like Wayne Hennessy, he's still there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and I think there's oh, three keepers Wayne. ahead of him. Yeah, there's like Matt Turner's <laughs> coming and Horvath as well. So, like, yeah. Wayne mm-hmm. Hennessy's on his way somewhere. Uh, exactly. And you know what? Just just to bring everything full circle as well, we've touched on Callum Hudson Adoy there. If there was ever a player that just just personifies Chelsea's very 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 weird backwards transfer policy. Was it two years ago, if that, that there was like a something like a 50 odd million pound bid from Bayern Munich for him? And they said, no, no, we're going to keep him. We're absolutely going to keep him. And now off he's gone to Nottingham Forest two years later for what, four or five million pounds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just accept the big offers when they come in. <laughs> just please, just say yes, because something will happen. Something will always happen because that's just the way it goes. Um, that was a lot of fun thank you fellas i really really enjoyed that that was uh, that was lovely look at that there's ideas i've got ideas it's got me thinking about things that i might need to do in the short and long term um because you know as we all know if there's one thing i have too many of is content ideas <laughs> so i've got i've got options definitely got options um but if there's one thing that some of us uh, here aren't necessarily struggling with its ideas and content um, because we've talked about, you know, potential short-term ideas, but I'm, I want to talk about the long-term now. I want to talk about the long-term and what's been going on uh, with a little club called Slough Town. Uh, Callum, how's the save going? <laughs> Come on, say it. 
Slow is it going, yeah. Callum? There it is. Going great. There Thanks, it is. Rich. I'm going to do the quickest save update um, when it's been over three years <laughs> in, in game since I last spoke to you. So last time I checked this morning, when did I last update the podcast? And I was second in League One with six games to go. And we were also still in the Papa John's trophy. We won the Papa John's trophy and we closed the gap and won League One as well. So what a season that was. We managed to um, come back. And that meant we were in the championship for the start of Summer Callum six weeks ago. This is literally the last day of Summer Callum today. Summer Callum is very sad. But <laughs> <laughs> heading into Autumn Callum, very different Callum. Um, now, Three seasons in the championship. And as I say, this is going to be very much a whistle-stop tour of, of what has happened, how the club has developed. Um, I'm now in 2038 in-game, um, and we got into the championship in 2035. We signed a lot of players that are still with us now. The finances have got more interesting as you become more established within the championship. Um, our first season, we finished 19th. Uh, no, sorry, I tell a lie, 17th. We finished 17th in the division. Um, we were competitive and we never looked like going down. I think it was one of those classic, you get the new promotion bounce, you start thinking, oh, we could do this on the first time of asking. And then you just lose like all the time for months. And you go, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we're not getting at this. We we notably signed a man called Colin Chips. Um, he's a left winger from Burnley for 500k. He's a star. He's still around now. Absolutely love Colin. Um, not just because of his name, but also because he has um, 16 aggression. And I'll come back to that. Um, he's He's been an interesting <laughs> young man. Um, but... Every season for these three seasons, there's been one thing that has been absolutely key to my transfer business. And I think I've talked about this before, and it is signing youth players that get released from the Premier League. Every season now, I sign between five and eight players from Premier League teams on a free transfer. Every season, most of them are rubbish, but I loan them out, they go out. And then Without fail now for three years, one of them has come back and it's been worth about five million pounds. Now for Slough, when I, when I talk about my budgets, I'm usually given under 500k as a transfer budget. And when you've got a youth player who you've never played before, who comes back from a loan spell at Woking and goes, by the way, I'm worth five million now. I'll be like, brilliant. Right. You're going to be leaving. So if you can just pack your bags immediately, there's six suitors at the door. Just choose the one. Choose one of them and you can leave. And that's happened for my last three years. And it's basically funded our... Um, assault on the championship if you like our attempt to get out of this division i when i got promoted to the championship my chap told me the championship is one of the hardest divisions to get out of and i was like it took me seven years to get out of the vanarama south i think you're wrong um i've i'm still in the championship spoiler alert before i before i carry on um but yeah so we finished 17th in our first season solid we just needed to stay in the division we did that great news so we headed into the second season um with this model of sell the young lads um to get our budget and we did it again we sold someone uh, for five million pounds to sheffield united happy days we used the loan market a little bit but we notably brought in uh, jebaru's favorite man in the world uh, called declan moore Declan Moore. Um, there he is. Uh, we signed Declan Moore uh, for one million pounds from Burnley. He, uh, Burton, sorry. He should never 
have been playing for Burton. He is a thing of beauty. Uh, we bought him. He was he was 23 years old, 18 finishing, 15 composure, 15 first touch, 15 acceleration, 15 anticipation. The boy is a star. The lad from Northern Ireland, he hadn't been capped by his national team um, as of yet. He has now, which is always lovely when you get a player into their, their international setup. Um, he, I think is probably the best striker in the championship. However, he also has that lovely trait of being inconsistent. Yay! So he <laughs> scores a hat-trick and then disappears for six games and then scores another hat-trick. And then at the end of the season, it looks like he's really good because he scored 25 goals. Um, and I believe him as well. Uh, we also signed an Irishman called Harry Danalek, Andre Kalnins as well. So we brought a lot of players in who... Have become stars of this team, if I'm honest. And we, in the second season in the championship, we finished ninth. So we were just off playoffs. I think we were maybe six points off playoffs uh, when we got when we got there. So we 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 were close, but not quite there. But when you have that season, you always think it's the next season, isn't it? We're getting we're getting the playoffs next season. So this is the season I've just finished in game. Um, once again, we, we went to spend money. Uh, we brought in a free transfer, a Belgian left-back called Giuseppe Marcello. And this has started my uh, my obsession with left-backs in the game because he had six caps for Belgium already. He was 22. When I brought him in, he was immediately... I bought him in for free. He was immediately worth £10 million. I was like, what is going on here? This lad's incredible. He was diabolical. He was so bad. He was absolutely awful. I was so excited about him. And he was rubbish. So I sold him in January. I forced him out the door for £6 million. Which, let's face it, that's good business. That, that's good business. And I replaced him with another left-back from Bayer Leverkusen and I spent to everyone's shock and horror seven million pounds I up until now Declan Moore was my record signing for a million and I spent seven million pounds oh, yeah. because I was, because I was like I I've got the money why not to spend it he'll be brilliant he's another one German international 22 years old his attributes are fantastic he genuinely looks like a really good left back He's awful. He's so bad. I don't know what I'm doing to left bats, but he's so bad. Um, we have kept him around, though. And in that season, so the 2037-2038 season, we finished on 71 points on a goal difference of plus seven in seventh position because Ipswich finished on 71 points with a goal difference of plus eight. We missed out by a goal. We missed out by one single goal. Um, and we had the last game of the season, we went into it. If we beat, got a better result than Ipswich, we would have got in the playoffs. And we went against Huddersfield, and it is the worst performance I've ever seen by a team on Football Manager. We were so bad, it was unbelievable. We didn't register a shot on goal. You know, this is a team trying to get in the playoffs. And this guy called Simos scored for Huddersfield. So naturally, I've loaned him this season uh, because narrative. Um, but this season, we've headed into it. Um, so it's now our... This is fourth. It's our fourth season in the championship. We started quite well. We're 16 games in. Uh, we're, we're solidly in the, in the playoff positions. I, as a content creator, have a genuine dilemma. I, I, let's, let's call it a United City FM dilemma at this point. Because, I will allow it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, because I'm now in the situation, I had to explain this to chat. Summer Callum streamed every single day, pretty much. Every weekday, I streamed all the time. I streamed 
too much um uh, like all the time but now i'm going back to my actual job <laughs> and and i cannot stream anywhere near as much i could probably stream maybe two if i'm lucky three times a week and there's only that's I, I can do the maths let's say there's three and for the month of september that's 12 streams that's it i was doing that in like two weeks in summer Callan, but that's an entire month I don't know what I'm going to achieve in this save. And it's a real shame because obviously when you do these long-term saves, most people, most capable people at Football Manager tend to get that club into the Premier League, win the Premier League, win the Champions League, wash their hands and go, look, I'm brilliant, I'm done. We've now decided that the goalposts have changed somewhat. We just want to get Europe. That That's the new, and I'm, I'm saying Europe, it could be Conference League. I'd take Conference League. I'd take getting in through the back door, through the Carabao Cup, losing in the Carabao Cup final and getting Europe. That's still a win. That's the new goalpost because the reality is when, if I wasn't a streamer, I would 100, I would just smash it for the next month and a half and I would get there. But unfortunately I am. And so I am, I am tied to showing everything on stream. And, um, it's hard. It's hard. And it, and it's kind of sad as well, because as people know, and as you will know, the journey with Slough has been magic. Like it's it, the, the, because of the real club involvement with the club and, you know, the amount of fans and stuff like that, that have genuinely got involved in it and are, are interested in the save. I've never had a save like this with Football Manager in my life. Does that mean that my journey with Slough is done after FM23? We'll see, but I, I think I think we have to we have to leave the door slightly ajar. I think is is the reality of the situation because I've, I'll have unfinished business. I'll have unfinished business. Leave the landing light on. I think that's mm. the that's that's mm. that's the plan there. Um, Summer Callum has been an absolute joy. <laughs> I've 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 we work in a sim we work in in the same in the same field. So I've had a lot of time off uh, myself. Um, I've I've been doing a lot of parenting um over the last six weeks uh but you know summer callum has, has kept me sane in the afternoon on a couple of occasions um that that final that final game against huddersfield was heartbreaking <laughs> so i've horrible. never i've never i've never seen somebody look so despondent before now it was heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking uh what could have been uh but no slough has been a wonderful journey i think the the what you've accomplished so far in terms of your content content has been magnificent your involvement with the club um you know i got to i got to go on a football pitch and, and definitely hit the crossbar three times because <laughs> of that you know that, that was that was in and of itself i'm living vicariously through you um i think and kevin i'm going to use another kevism here hypothetically hypothetically i think this is your season i think it's all i think it's all going to fall into place for you this season i think it is Premier League, you're up there, all the money in the world. You can spend millions on Belgian left backs. You can do it. You can, you can, you can. I'm never buying left I'm, I'm trying to work out a formation that doesn't use left backs, genuinely. Um, because okay. I, 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 I touched upon um, Colin Chips. And I forgot I left that a, 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 on a hanger. Colin Chips basically got four red cards in one season. Um, I, I played this new, new style, which is called Callum Ball. And um, it was supposed to be work harder than them, kick harder than them, be bigger than them. And that was the plan. And Colin Chips took it very literally. And he made us have the worst discipline record in championship history um, as a collective. But Colin Chips was a big part of that. So uh, good old Colin. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I wanted to touch upon as well. 
I, I got to I got to two thousand followers um, this week, which I was I was so so proud of to, to get to that. And 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 so much of that is part of Slough. Like it is is so much due to this save and this this current game cycle. And I think what I, I want to take away from it is you don't need to finish every save in the same way. I think the journey I've had with this, this save, regardless of how it finishes, if, if the next two seasons I'm in the championship again, then so be it, you know, and, and, and that, and that will be what, you know, will, will be, will be. But ultimately I have had a blooming lovely time um, playing this video game for the last, for the last year. And Regardless of how it ends, I don't think it matters. And I think don't be despondent if you're getting to the end of FM23 and you're maybe thinking maybe I haven't achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve with something because there's always there's always the next year's game to maybe do it in a different way and you know and go go about it a different way and go and get revenge exactly revenge <laughs> all the revenge <laughs> all the revenge you how far are you away from uh, January? Uh, we're oh, in the geez. 20th of November. 20th of November. November. Okay, fair enough. It's going to be a shame when Declan Moore gets sold by the board. He's not going. He's going nowhere. Declan Moore will always stay. He's taking his album with him. Right, okay. <laughs> Jeb's made like 12 Declan Moore songs. Although two of them were Rodney Moore, which were arguably my favourite because he thought he was called Rodney I'm, not Declan. I'm sorry, Jeb got a footballer's name wrong. Oh, disgusting. Oh, oh, disgusting behaviour. Disgusting behaviour. We've behavior. got full circle. Yeah, we really have. See, it's, it's what's referred to as a callback from something that happened earlier in the pod. Um, wow. I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've spent the last two minutes trying to crowbar in a joke um, about Callum Ball and Cannon, Cannonball, the uh, Damien Rice song, but I just can't do it. So song, I've given you the tools. Do it yourselves. There you go. In, enjoy. That's your homework this week, audience. Make that joke, please, and thank you. Um, speaking of jokes, because that all got quite positive there, I think we should all just kind of bring ourselves crashing back down to earth with a bump. Because the four of us are here. We are. Jeb has a certain deck of cards with a certain series of questions on them. Good night, everybody. Um, Thank you for the podcast. Love see you, everybody. Yeah, we'll get that done. Um, but until then, until then, Jeb, would you like to sit in the hot seat and ask us some trivia questions from the football game? There's no earthquake today. We're just going to do one today because one question is perfect. One question is easy. Oh, thank you ready? Yes. Born ready. Clubs who have played in the MLS. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please, can I go first? Oh, no. Uh, seeing uh, as you asked so nicely, Kev, yes, yes, you can. Oh, no. Oh, no. Go ahead, Kev. Uh, LA Galaxy. That's oh, about all I remember. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Rich. Um, New York Red Bulls. Um, into Miami. That was going to be my next one. Um, who have I seen? Do, uh, do we just name the town or do we have to have the full name of random? Full name, please. No, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, DC United. Uh, NYFC. That was mine. Um, <laughs> What was oh 
Liam Ridgewell played for that team that always had the wood. Uh, when they scored a goal, they got a piece of wood out and they chainsawed it. And I think they were called the Portland Timbers, weren't they? <laughs> Salt Lake City. City. He said sicky. He said sicky. That, that, that counts as his answer. Salt Lake Rasicky? No, that's not. <laughs> or is it Real Salt Lake, isn't it? Like there you go. Yeah, Real, Real Salt Lake. He said about uh, four different answers. Oh, all that nonsense has made me forget the one I had lined up. Um, Toronto FC. I don't think I have any more. Um... Oh, no, I don't think I have any more. Um, trying to think of American places. Um, I'm going to do a unique countdown time. I'm going to do a Declan Moore song as the oh, countdown no. timer. Like it? How do you like it? Declan Moore. This has made it so much worse. How do you like it? How do you like it? <laughs> and that's the timer over. Oh, <laughs> oh he goes. <laughs> Is it me next? I can't remember yes. what the order is. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I'm so struggling. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to wave my white flag. I really genuinely can't think of any more. Come on, Rich, bring it home. Um, right then. Um, the greatest named club in professional football history, Columbus Crew. Yep, well done, Rich. Rich wins. What a way to win it. What Once you missed out it. on Atlanta United, Cincinnati, Montreal, New England Revolution, Orlando City, Philadelphia Union, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, Sporting Kansas, LAFC, Minnesota United, San Jose Earthquakes, Seattle Sounders, Vancouver Whitecaps, and then old teams, Kievus, Miami Fusion, and the Tampa Bay Mutiny. I really wish they still existed. Oh, I know. It's like the MLS teams is difficult because I can think of cities and then immediately I don't, I'm not backing myself because I'm like, no, because obviously the, the older MLS teams, they had like the, the American sports franchise names rather than your traditional football club names. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, um, Portland Trailblazers. I can't remember if it's, if it's the basketball or the football. And that's the, I've, I thought of about seven NBA teams there that I had to talk <laughs> myself out of at the absolute last minute. So I was like, mm, not sure the Chicago Bulls played football, but they could have done. Who knows? Uh, Michael Jordan, he was a world renowned defensive midfielder. Uh, or rush goalie in basketball terms. Uh, that's essentially what they are, isn't it? There we go. I won a trivia game. This, that's That's been a hot minute. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your unwavering support and joy uh, on my behalf. It's very kind. Um, lovely. That was good fun. I enjoyed that um, because my Ameri my MLS football knowledge is second to none, as it turns out. Um, there we go, lads. I don't know about the three of you. Oh, it's nice to be able to say that. I don't know about the three of you, but I reckon that's a podcast. I agree. An FM team-filled podcast. What a lovely thing. Could it? Yeah, I'm not here next week. Sorry. Okay. So enjoy this. Drink this in, but drink this in, audience. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy all four of our faces back together again. Um, lovely. There we go. So Jeb's not here next week. So realistically speaking, what's the point? Uh, but we'll we'll, sol <laughs> we'll soldier on. We'll soldier on regardless. We'll soldier on regardless. Um, it just did anything. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> oh, riches, riches, sad and tired. Um, I'm not either of those things. I'm having a lovely time. I've had a lovely afternoon. I've had a lo lovely time with my friends. It's been great fun. Uh, before we go, before we go, though, uh, as always, um, if people would like to find us making the content, doing the things that we've just spent a bit of time talking about uh, on pod, um, where can they do so? Callum, we'll start with you. Summer Callum has gone autumn Cammon. Cammon? Autumn Gammon. Autumn Gammon? Autumn Gammon. <laughs> I love Gammon. Um, oh, who doesn't? A bit of pineapple. Love it. I don't. It's delicious. Oh. Oh, not a Gammon guy. That's fine. Nah. Drop well, it in the comments Gammon. below. Do you like Gammon? <laughs> you know, that, I think that's what we need to take away from this. If this you don't week, like Gammon, what's your favourite roast of Yes, yeah. good question. This week's hot take. Right. Do you know what I've realised? I've only recently realised when I upload um, via Spotify, I can put polls on the episodes. Oh, my so this word. Week's, this week's Best Spotify roast. poll. Gammon, question mark. Um, and then we'll just see. We'll just see. Uh, where can people find you making content, Callum? Uh, you can find me doing my uh, Scandinavian Triple Crown over on Rich mm -hmm. Owens FM on Twitch. Brilliant. Good. That's not you, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a not... thing. I'm trying to do a thing, Rich. That's, I'll see whether others not get you. it. I'll try and do a thing. Okay. Let's see whether okay. others understand it. Um, Jeb, whichever one of you that is, um, where can they find you making content? I'm not. I'm not actually here this week for once. The pod goes out, so we've got network save on the Monday, so you might catch that. But uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Rich Owens FM for the uh, Scandinavian <laughs> Triple Crown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Kev, what about you? Where can they find you specifically? You making content? me making you. my content. You can find me on uh, Rich Owens FM on Twitch um, and uh, doing my Scandi Triple Crown. Oh, I haven't streamed all week. Poorly. This is, there's, there's been no content. There's been nothing all week. Uh, and as for me, um, you can find me making content. It's a Scandinavian Triple um, Yep, Twitch.tv forward slash Y Callum. Twitch.tv forward slash The United City FM. Twitch.tv forward slash Jebaru, um, apart from Jeb, because he's in stream, because he's, he's away. But Kev's doing content. Calum's doing content. I'm doing content, probably. Who knows? You've um, got to now. We've all promoted yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You've to. all promoted it. You've yeah. all you've all talked about it, so I probably have to do it, don't I? Um, well, I've just not even been... She's been fine. I've just, the save was going too well. I just had to delay it for a week. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Make, make up stories um yep yeah, come and watch us um if you're watching this on youtube press follow press just subscribe to everything follow everything share it with friends tell a friend they'll tell two friends they'll tell two friends maths uh maths has been a whole thing it's great fun um that has been brilliant fun i've had a lovely time i hope you've all had a lovely time too um thank you for joining us once again for another episode of football manager therapy we will see you on the next one take care Love you lots. Bye-bye.